Hello again, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Papa Hood Podcast. Now, this time, we get to talk to not just a dad, but a man who plays the role of, well, how should I put this? Uh, a father continuously, not just at home, but also in his work. He's a fantastic educator, a principal of a school. So you can imagine the role of dad that he plays. Well, a father, they say, becomes more than a mere parent and takes the shape of a friend, of a guide, and, and also a mountain of inspiration, of strength, of guidance for his kids, right? Now, times have changed. Dads play different roles, wear different hats. But the joy of family time has never stopped adding value and warmth in a child's life right? No matter what hat you wear, what role you play, at the end of the day, spending time with the kids is of ultimate value, right? It is all that we have reminiscent about our childhood. We pass down stories to our children. There's so much that's happening. We want to share with them as much as we can. Well, I'm your host, Stephen Brass, and I'm looking forward to talking to Kim Noble, the principal of uh, Kim, I'm going to let you do that introduction. <laughs> Fine, Steve, you put me on the spot right over here. But what a dramatic introduction. Uh, well, I'm known as a principal of Tunbridge High School. That's uh, a 56 year old school that's right in the heart of the city of Bangalore. Uh, we've, we've, we've got about 500 or 600 kids over there. It's a learning every day over there. I've taken this journey because I started my career after I graduated from St. Stephen's in Delhi, I came down to Bangalore for just a holiday. And in this holiday, I just fell in love with the place. I fell in love with Bangalore and, of course, the people over here. That's a familiar story you've heard, of course. But so much so that I said, I must, I must settle down here somewhere. And I love going to rock shows and um, I was a bit of a musician myself. My parents got worried because they were in Allahabad and I didn't come back home. So they sent my sister down to get me. And she said, hey, when, when she was here, she was here for a month. She also loved it. And she said, mom and dad, why don't you sell house and come down to Bangalore? So the whole family moved on over here. I started my career as, as first as a school teacher in a very small school, then moved on to you know, uh, college, being a lecturer over there. Then I got into this, sucked into this vortex of the big bad corporate world over there, the corporate arena. And after doing the whole gamut over there, I've come around back to education and back to schools where my heart is. And I'm now principal of Tunbridge High School. I'm teaching a little bit, but I'm learning more and more each day. Ah, oh, now, you know, th there's so much there that we can talk about in itself, <laughs> Kim. Uh, you know, and but I mean, one thing that's very common is the education bit, right? From a teacher right. to corporate training, uh, and now to principal as well. So clearly there has been a lot of progress and it's all been in the learning field, if I may say so. Is that right? Absolutely. Steve, I think that that's where you and I share common ground with our l and &E background over there. That's true. But I'm not going to miss the fact that you're also a musician. And I know a very famous one in the day. Uh, I couldn't escape that, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, I, I want to ask you, and I want to get started, Kim, wearing the different hats that you have over a period of time, right, at different levels. How does that add to your 
fatherhood journey? How does that make more sense? I see a bit of fatherhood every day, you know, um, not, not just as me being a dad, but, you know, in watching kids come to the school and the homes they come from. And there's a lot I learn. There's some amazing dads over there. And uh, when I meet kids and I speak to them about, you know, home and families and I meet their parents as well, you know, th there's so much more of a takeaway over there. Mm. But uh, and when kids come to school, you know, they've left home, they're entering the gates of the school. Uh, we then in the school as educators, as a teacher, as a principal, we play the role of their moms and their dads over there. Yeah. So it's, it's at times it's, it's like I've got uh, 600 kids over there. Absolutely. Uh, or my, my own. And uh, I, I try my best to give them as much as equal time or to, you know, give them an opportunity to, to, to see a better life and see what's out over there. But some of these, these lessons and stories I, I take home mm. and apply it. Um, I, I see the good side of it and the not so good side of it as well. They're, they're the extremes over there. So, yes, there's a bit to, to learn about being a dad every day. Fantastic. Handling one, two, five, ten children is one thing, but 600, well, <laughs> that's another ball game altogether. I know you don't do it alone. I know you must be having a fantastic team that's helping you. But my one question to you, Kim, uh, at least for now, what did you learn from your dad that's helping you cope with today's world, with the responsibilities we have today? Oh, wow, Steve, what a question. And I don't know where to begin and where to end because uh, um, even though my dad's not around anymore, I'm, I'm still learning from, from his life and the legacy he's left me. Um, let's go back a bit in time. I grew up, and I'll say the word over here, I grew up as a privileged kid. Privileged, not in wealth, but in other riches. And the two riches I'm talking about is, yeah, the two riches are time and oxygen. My mom and dad were in the tea estates of Assam. So we had the, the, the open countryside over there, uh, but they sacrificed a lot so that, you know, my sister and I could have a good education. At that point of time, there weren't very good schools there in Assam and due to health issues and humility, uh, they put me in a very good boarding school up in Nainital. So now you can imagine the geography of the country, okay, mm. Assam in the Far East and Nainital up in way up north over there. Uh, Back then, we didn't take planes, so it took about two and a half days to travel by train if the trains ran on time. <laughs> so we, we were in school for like nine months, being in boarding school and, and hill school, for nine months in the year, right from the 1st of March till the 30th of November. So in the span of time that we had our, our three months of holidays, you know, uh, December, Jan and Feb, every day was a day of wealth of time it's with my dad and my mom. Okay, and the openness over there. Uh, we woke up every morning. Anita and I woke up every morning, one early in the morning, wanted to rush out there and have a good, good time playing with the animals. At, you know, in, in the backyard, we had a host of cows and sheep and ducks and you, you name it. It was a, it was a yeah. barnyard over there. Uh, you know what it's like. And my dad used to work. Uh, he was the general manager of, of, of a very large GST. So of course, we got transferred. So we, we, we saw a lot of Assam over there. But no matter how busy he was, you know, uh, he always gave us time and there were times that I, I would just you know, walk into his, his office or walk into the factory and uh, even if he was working, while working, he would give me the time or mm. when he'd, we'd, he'd come up. So this is one thing I always got from him, time and of course the oxygen over there. And the, the greatest lesson I learned from my dad was a lesson of choice and not being judgmental. He himself was so very well accomplished. Okay, he was a musician. He was a sportsman. 
he was a boxer. He was a pole vaulter. He was an athlete. He played Ranji Trophy cricket, football, you name it mm. and everything. Not once did he push me into taking up a sport that was his own, right? He left that choice to me. And later on in life, when I chose my path to be a teacher, every step I, I took was a matter of joy and pride for him. And he supported it. He also gave me the choice when I went to college. And I'm, I'm saying this because um, I remember this conversation very clearly on the plane as we were, we were flying to Delhi. And I'd got a mission to St. Stephen's over there uh, after finishing my, my standard 12. And on the plane, he said this to me, he said, he said son, you're going to college. You, you're going to be on your own. Uh, you're practically an adult now. You can make your own choices. You have the choice to, to drink, to smoke, to take drugs. And as, uh, I, I thought to myself, okay, here it comes. He's going to tell me about, he's going to give me a lecture on smoking. And he himself was a chain smoker at that point of time. Mm. And he said this, he said, he said, Kim, if you choose to pick up a cigarette and smoke, it is your choice, right? But do that on your own terms with your own earnings. And because he gave me that choice, I chose not to. Yeah. So that's a legacy that, you know, I would leave to leave. I would wish to leave to my kids in any way I can. It's a tall order to fill, but uh, I'm growing in my shoes every day. Oh, man, that, that, you're right. It is a tall order when we want to. You know, uh, one of the things that I was reading about uh, in, the, in this Papahood podcast journey, and as a parent myself, uh, it says that parents today with one or two kids are much more protective of their yeah. children because they don't have the larger families that we used to have, like six kids, 10 kids, whatever that, that is. I mean, what you're saying is so right because your dad gave you the choice to make, right? Yes. What do you think are the toughest challenges you face being a dad? And how can the younger generation learn from your experience? Your father <laughs> journey? Steve, I am no role model dad you know i'm learning every day i'm failing a bit every day uh, getting better at failing picking myself and succeeding and i would only know years from now maybe another 20 or 40 years when my kids get on a on a fatherhood podcast and they talk about their dad but but i'm i'm, I'm going to put this bit now i'm going to sidestep your question slightly because I'm, i really want to throw this in over here you know uh, who do i learn from and and, and uh, who do i look up to i've been a fan of your podcast from day one and the very first guest you had on your podcast was your very own dad over there. And hearing, hearing that episode, you know, where, I mean, he covered everything. He covered himself being a dad to you. He talked about his father yeah. uh, bringing him up. And then he talked about you being a dad to your four kids over there. At the end of the episode, I said, Steve has begun his podcast, you know, it's such a bang, okay, at such a high benchmark. How does he take it beyond this when you had your own dad? And then every episode after that, Steve, uh, you've had some fantastic people there from some fantastic dads. Each time I hear, you know, uh, their episodes and what they have to share, I keep asking myself, hey, I don't do that. I wish I could do that. I wish I had learned that. I wish I had, had I wish this podcast was there, you know, 12 years ago when I was becoming a dad over there. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I mean, I mean, there's one club also that I look up to and Stephen, and that's your, your club of four. I remember this very clearly. I think, I think you were in a conversation with, with Leslie at that point of Leslie Quadros. And you asked him this question that, do you get that look when you say you have four kids? <laughs> and uh, and you talked about it, about the look you'll get. Now, let me confess that 
I am one of those who give you that look. Why? Because it's an absolute awe of, you know, how you succeed every day of being, being a dad to four kids. And there's so much I could learn from you. I mean, master, teach me Kung Fu. This is the time I can say to you. <laughs> and I know you have a club because when, when Leslie did refer to somebody else and you said, no, I haven't met this person. Who's this person are you talking about? And uh, Leslie said, you know what? He's also got four kids. And you said, oh, yes, yes. Now I remember him. <laughs> I mean, you, you have a club of four sure. or something. I don't think I'll ever get to the membership, but I will certainly learn about each day and take it home. Oh, Kim, thank you for those kind words. And, you know, one of the things, and I'm very, very, uh, I'm very sure about this. I think dads don't speak of enough for, for themselves. Mm-hmm. I think because yeah. of that, uh, children and mothers as well miss out on that perspective of being a dad, of understanding what a father goes through from their shoes. And I think it's really, really drummed down. Nobody talks. Dads don't want to talk about being dads. I mean, true. They, they, you know, so I don't know if that's humility or just the, the fact that we've resigned to working from the shadows. It's also a bit, a bit of a male chauvinism and, you know, egotism. And, and, and guys, you know, we, we guys, we tend to clam up a little more than, than the ladies do, right? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we don't reveal as, as such. And, and we like to, to believe or to kid ourselves that we got it all right when we haven't actually. And you know, that's the thing. I think each of us, and you you said it uh, roundabout, but each of us can learn from one another, right? In such powerful ways. Uh, I remember one of, and I've got so many instances. I'll I'll tell you one. I remember uh, we were expecting our first child and a friend of mine, uh, at that time, I was like, what do we name, uh, you know, uh, what do we name our child? We, we did not know whether we are, were having a boy or a girl. So what do we name, right? And I remember talking to one of my friends and he said, Steve, just name them what you're going through right now. I said, confusion. He said, no, 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 not that. <laughs> right? Just pick something that, you're, that you and, your, and Jackie, that's my wife, are going through. What are you going through right now? Are you going through sorrow? Are you going through pain? Are you going through joy? Obviously, we were going through joy. We were becoming, I mean, parents for the first time. We loved it so much. We went ahead and did it three more times. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, that kind of advice. And uh, of course, we named him Warmth of the Home. The meaning of his name, Aiden, is Warmth of the Home. Lovely, lovely. We were going through, right? Uh, We were going through this absolute joy, joyous time. So I think, those small things, right, can add so much of value as being a father. So my, 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 my next question, Kim, is how do you adapt? You play, like I said, you play the role of a dad at home and a dad or a stepdad, if you want me to, you know, <laughs> a villain dad uh, for the day. With How do you adapt with those, with all those changes that are happening with these kids? All right. Yes. Um, my kids... 12 and 6. My boy, Caden, is 12. My girl is 6. Okay, <laughs> one is half the age of the other. And, and those are the very kids, that's very age of, of kids, that, that range of kids I'm there with, in school with. And um, I see so many different sizes, so many different shades. And sometimes I, I, when a, a kid is stressed or troubled in school or, you know, I ask myself, well, how's, what's, what's my kid going through at this point of time? Because he's, he's in another school. Caden is in another school. So I often wonder... Uh, is my is my child facing the same kind of difficulty or challenges at this point of time? And when I come home, will I be able to talk about it over there? I mean, there is a point of, of time that perhaps uh, later, if, if you do ask me this question of, of uh, how do we spend time at home, you know, when you come back from school. But uh, 
there's a time of day, you know, no matter how late it gets, we have the, the evening hour together around dinner time. And uh, Sandra, my wife, insists that, you know, uh, we sit together at the table over there. And um, this is something I'll, I'll share with other dads over there because, and, and, and to moms especially, because when I have my PTMs there in school, I, I say this to the parents. I said, look, the, the one time of the day that you should spend together as a family is your dinner. That's the one meal time where you can actually sit together mm. uh, without a phone in your hand, not in front of the TV, but just in front of a home cooked meal and talk, table talk, family table talk. And you talk about your days. Everyone in the family talk talks about the day. Now, um, kids are going through several different things and it's very difficult for kids to open up, especially nowadays. Okay, when they're in the gadgets and, and they're on social media, they're rather open to up to or rather immerse themselves mm. in, in the digital world and in, in the real world among, amongst us. So it's, it's a no phone time and we're at the table. And I tell moms this, I said, look, insist that your kids are at the table, insist that the dad is at the table because the dad is the most difficult family member to pull and make him sit at the dining table. I speak from experience because I, know, uh, I hear Sandra screaming up, out to me. Even right now on this podcast, she's probably downstairs and yelling out to me to come down. <laughs> right? Um, but uh, throw, do what it takes. Throw a tantrum or get the kids to emotionally blackmail the dad with hunger pangs, whatever works over there at that point of time. But when you're set at the table, um, and now over to the dads, dads especially, okay, um, talk. I know you, you love to ask your kids, so how was the day in school? And the common response you'll get, yeah, it was fine. Uh, we had this class and we had this subject and this period and that was it. But what about the real things that a child went through in school? And how does a child open up to you? Okay. Um, we as dads, we need to talk about, you know, some of the difficulties and stresses and challenges that we ourselves face at work. You know, and uh, this could be, you know, uh, some colleague hogging the limelight and taking credit for your work. It could be a hard-nosed boss, you know, breathing down heavily on you or some targets that are not could be finished by the end of the month. But when you talk about your vulnerability, right, as, as, as a human being, as, uh, you know, just a person who's struggling day to day, kids feel more comfortable because it's our imperfections which actually endears them to us and not us as being like perfect parents and, and talking down to them and lecturing them and advising them. But once we show, you know, the softer side or the, the human, the failing side of us, kids can then talk about that class bully that they have mm. or, you know, the scolding they got from the teacher or the mischief they got into or the homework not done, you know. And this is such a stress reliever. And moms and dads, if we can listen to this and talk about it without advising, without lecturing, without judging, then you're bringing all that, the wealth of that day into that little dinner talk. So this is how I kind of balance my day at work, picking up the good vibes from the kids and the parents and bringing it home and sharing it just openly with the family and getting them to talk as well. And uh, uh, this was really wasn't my idea. It was Sandra's idea, uh, being the, the, <laughs> the uh, maternal strength in the home. And I, I just love that time with my family. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that's one thing that we're never going to get. And you know what I always think about, uh, Kim? If I don't show my kids that I'm giving them time, yeah, what are they going to turn out to be themselves? Absolutely. When they have to, you know, the privilege of being parents. Because uh, at the end of the day, again, there's no rule book that 
dads are going to learn from or even moms right when they're going to they're learning from us every single day so what what are we what's our legacy going to be there's no rule book but there is a papahood podcast oh <laughs> no, 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 that, that's too good that's too good thank you so much kim but you're right you know but that's our problem right there's no rule book and kids today i mean i remember i I remember dad giving me a surprise when I was in the third standard. He used to work abroad and suddenly one day he landed up in my school and he bought this huge fish tank for me and it was at home and I remember going back and it was super duper, you know, amazing. You you just imagine an 8-year-old kid with a massive fish tank. I remember my dad doing that. It was amazing. Uh, I'm thinking do what what will my kids think about? Oh, I remember dad <laughs> sitting on his phone. What a beautiful time it was. I mean, you know, what are we talking about? So, yeah, when we talk about the so many the, the so many social pressures right kim yeah that's uh, right the peer pressure the bullying and i love the fact that you've mentioned that we must show vulnerability right because that takes away the pressure of being perfect from the kid because Absolutely. today everything like social media is all about i i, I never see a person on on social media uh, that says i'm having this relationship problem <laughs> never i'm having that work problem you know everybody's living this amazing life right and i think the more our kids spend in that time the, yeah. the more they're going to get engrossed in being or having a perfect life so i think parents like you rightly said should show their vulnerability so that the kids know that they're not being judged kim as kids you and i i mean our generation <laughs> got to do a lot right i want to yeah, ask yeah. you what what is the one thing you wish our kids could experience from our time oh steve patience and the reward of that patience <laughs> you, know, you know if if something good is coming your way wait for it wait you know to to get a school bag or, or you know even a toy in the christmas or maybe we wait a whole year for christmas to come to get that you know or, or your birthday no no we don't one click on amazon is there all right, so it's there the next day. And then we, we choose what we want by, not by how good it is or how cheap it is, but by the delivery time, right? It's it's an instantaneous world. We have that in our, our childhood, in our past, and um, that's something to look back at. But looking forward, and I heard one of the guests say that, I think it was it was Chris who, who said this, Chris Avinash in one of the podcasts. And he was so rightly said, and I echo his sentiment, he says, we cannot judge the new generation, our kids, you know, by our standards and what we were used to. So our timeline of patience, I mean, we could wait. I could sit in the train for two and a half days and travel from Assam to Allahabad and, you know. Without I a mean, pad, without an iPhone, without a... You know, exactly. We just had the, the train window and those four bars that we looked out to with, with the smoke from a steam engine hitting our faces and we turned black when we reached <laughs> having a bath for two and a half days until we got there. We could do that and we loved it yep. over there. Um, but now we can't judge our kids for being impatient because, you know, time really has been compressed. If you look at everything, okay, the world is shrunk and, and, and so is everything. A school lesson plan, a period, or is should be as entertaining or as exciting and as brief as a TikTok video these days. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, kids lose the attention spans are not like what we had, right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I, I couldn't have said that better. And you're, <laughs> yes. you're absolutely right. We live in this world of what some people I've heard call the microwave generation or, you know, instant gratification. We want Absolutely. 
a three course meal cooked in three minutes <laughs> right so uh, very very interesting kim one of the things that i like to talk about on the podcast are the different social issues that we sometimes face yeah one of the things that i was reading about just the other day that really alarmed me uh in india i don't know if you know about this but in 2019 in a survey done in 2019 between the age groups of 18 and 30 yeah we had 35.1% were suicides the suicide rate between that age group between 18 to 30 i mean if i don't know about you but those were the yeah, best yeah. years of my life right 18 to 30 absolutely yes youth yes. The, the the vigor of youth whatever you want to call it the energy the the unbound uh, you know opportunities <laughs> but i read about this in uh, about this the suicidal rates kim uh, as fathers obviously that impacts us negatively it hurts us as a dad I want to ask you, what is it we can do as fathers? You know, um, I, I've thought of this quite often, and you know, I've tried research about it and, and look uh, here and there. You know, at first, first of all, my, my own experience with dealing with parents and kids, and you know, uh, sometimes with, with, with parents of kids who's you know taken his or her own, own life, uh, very very heavy discussions and talks. I'm not flattering you, but I really learned this from your podcast where. Um, I'm glad you bring this question up frequently in the podcast, because you have said it before and you said it again that it is statistically proven true that in cases where there have been where the suicide rates have been high, especially with teens or people or young kids, you know, it's been mostly in the cases where the dad has not been present, right? Um, not just physically but emotionally as well mm. over there. And uh, I mean, I, I will reiterate it. I'll, I, we cannot emphasize it more that you know, dads get involved from day one, from the time your child is born to changing diapers to whatever it is, till the time they walk into college to graduation. Beyond that, you know, becoming a granddad, you know, to to their kids. Now, um, I, and I see this. It's the stress is a lot on boys, right? Um, it's on girls as well because girls have a lot of the peer pressure and keeping up, you know, with appearances. Also, which is against again a, 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 a very heightened superficial, like 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 you said, like what you mentioned. You know, uh, we see the best side of somebody else's life on social media over there, but then um, on the bright side, sometimes they do have an outlet. They have their moms to talk to. They have a they may have a sister or a cousin, and they have girlfriends. But when a boy hits puberty, I mean, who does he talk to? Yep. His dad, and if his dad is not there. Physically or even emotionally, or feels uncomfortable to talk about that, you know. Then there's there's a child going through a lot of changes, and not knowing what to do about it. So I come back to these conversations that you have. You know, we always want to show as 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 dads, we want to show our best side and be role models. We want the kids to follow in our footsteps and be like us. I mean, who doesn't want to do that, yep. right? But it's 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 time we showed our kids who we really are. You know, what's and all. It's it's not our bravado and machismo that that they need to look up to as well. But how we dealt with stuff when we were kids, how we dealing stuff with right now. So you know, so even back to the dinner table, dinner table talk, we can also talk about times when we were a kid of their age, the challenges we faced, which may have been different times, but the, some of the, the the difficulties were the same. Yeah, it it could be about you know, uh, losing that match, or failing in a subject, or uh, being dumped by a girl. Yep. Okay, so it's it's out there, and I say it again, dads get in touch with your kids. We think. we know our kids in and out we couldn't be farther from the truth honestly 
absolutely <laughs> oh my goodness you know uh it's so nice you, you say that so well kim because i'm a strong believer that you know uh, and uh, it's not about me it's it's about me uh, you know just bringing or trying to bring out to the fore that there's so much a dad re- needs to do not to do but to just be present in a child's life that can benefit that child right we Absolutely. all know that uh, and this is again science telling us that uh, when a dad is present in a child's life they know how to handle social pressures yeah right it's it's not about abuse of any addiction or whatever else any substance but it's knowing how to handle those whatever challenges may come at you right so i mean i'm i'm i can keep talking about the uh, uh you know advantages of having dads in our lives i think all of us know that but i think sometimes our roles are restricted to provide a protector and that's it right see yeah yeah i mean since you no know, we, we are also so used to you know uh, telling more than asking and you know when when our kids are going through a difficult time we we jump in and as parents we want to help you don't want them to suffer so we say okay this is how maybe you should handle it or whatever how many of us as parents or as dads have actually asked our kids for help for their advice you know i i'm i'm going through this difficulty over here and even if you know the answer for that but empower your kids to feel that they are part of your solution mm. so they have a, a a purpose in your family and in your life more than just being a child yeah yeah and uh, again no, not dictating where what their you know what their roles are but rather exactly. having an inclusive you know approach to that awesome awesome yeah thank you uh kim how would you define fatherhood i i love asking this oh question because every dad tells me a different thing right which is awesome oh my goodness all right <laughs> okay uh you 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 ask us every time but um, i mean two words that that come to a cliche is is responsibility and accountability okay so when i say responsibility yes we are responsible for our kids because we brought them into this world and we are responsible to ensure that they have the best kind of life that best opportunities of opportunities of life that that we can give them i don't mean i don't say pamper them also say no to them more than we say yes so they also face their own struggles and own difficulties and own life but it's our responsibility responsibility to make sure our kids have a bill on the table at the roof above their heads over there and somebody to talk to when they mm. need to the other part of it is accountability now most people associate these two words as the same but uh, steve you being an nnd person don't know that those that there's a stark difference between responsibility and accountability so while we are responsible for our kids we are accountable to the world for the kids we're bringing in and uh, for me that's what fatherhood is what what kind of child are we bringing there to society okay how do we answer to the world how do we answer to society how do we look back later and say hey i'm proud i have contributed something good and beautiful to this world and you can hold me accountable and i'll score well oh <laughs> awesome i love that i love that thank you so much accountability and responsibility yes we are accountable for our children but we are also responsible for what we give out into the big bad Absolutely. a big beautiful world right yeah. how is fatherhood changed you kim wow okay <laughs> so uh see when my when my son kaden was born 12 years ago uh, i believe he brought me luck okay because just a year prior to that i had finished my stint uh, with hspc in hyderabad and i'd come to bangalore to start my own training company called noble trainings mm-hmm. um and i had a, a deeply soul searching year of redefining myself in my own space you know so i ran the gauntlet with different mnc's 
training under my own brand. And then Caden entered into the world and into our lives over there. You know, suddenly Sandra and I were parents. I mean, not that we were not prepared for it, but nothing really prepares you for parenthood. Uh, and it was at that time that my training brand got noticed and I got a call from KPMG to head learning and development uh, you know, across India. Now, this is what I was waiting for. Okay, this mm. is the plum job that played to my strengths and would bring in the moolah. Mm. Uh, and mm. it did, right? Uh, so we were finally able to buy our own house, uh, a bigger car, a family car, or dine out when we wanted to. Now, all this within a few, few years of parenthood. So I was determined. I said, I'm a father now. I will toil and sweat under the sun for my son you know, provide, to provide for my family and create a world of opportunity for Caden. Uh, until then, I'd been quite easygoing, an easygoing guy. You know, I, I used to love playing my guitar and going out on long drives with Sandra. But now I was a dad and, you know, money mattered. It mattered a lot. Then, six years later, my daughter arrived. Now, my world, which was pretty stable and turning the right direction for me, was suddenly turned upside down again. Now, now, daughters do that, right? <laughs> uh, something told me that a good salary is not the most important thing. Babies don't know how much you earn. They don't care. They want something more valuable. They want you, right? So your time with them. So I say in this crazy corporate arena, we are gladiators that die a little every day. So a dad in poor health and visible only under the moonlight, you know, when you come home, uh, was not the father I wanted to be for Kamaria, my daughter. So I took that leap of faith I left a good job, a good paying job, mm. but now I was available to her and to anyone who needed my time. You know, so then Tunbridge happened and uh, here I am a changed man and I get to play dad to a whole lot of kids for a few hours a day. Wow. I can't, I mean, I don't know if I, I I've asked a lot of people that question and you're right. Suddenly we've, you know, it just changes our perspective, right? The second they come into our lives. Awesome. Kim. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Now, Kim, we have a tradition here where you have to nominate another dad. So who would you like to have on the podcast? Steve, you've taken the best dads away already. I had a long <laughs> list of them and they're already on your podcast. <laughs> All I, 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 could, I could list them again. Number one was was you yourself, and you did the Father's Day show, and you've got all my favorite people over there who, who I would have dominated. But since you asked, okay, there's, there's one guy, I, I don't think he, he knows I'm nominating him, but he, if he's listening to it right now, now it's a guy called Loison Pays, right? I, I say this because uh, he was a former colleague of mine, but uh, why I'm no nominating Loison is because he's written a book called Parental Bloopers. And he's written a day-to-day -day diary account of being a dad, <laughs> sucking at it in the funniest and hilarious way possible. And if you had him on your show, you probably have to extend the time by, you know, you'd have to have a probably a weekend long of several episodes. <laughs> awesome. That's Lois. Awesome. So we're going to get in touch with you, Kim, a little later on uh, and uh, get Loison's number and your permission to get in touch with him. So, you know, we can have that awesome conversation. <laughs> I'm going to check out parental bloopers myself. Never heard of it, but I'm going to do that. Thanks for telling me. I love uh, stuff like that. Kim, it's been an absolute, I don't know, you know, there are certain people and all the dads I look forward to meeting purely because I know for one thing, the fact of one thing is I'm going to learn from each and every one of everybody's going to teach me something that although I've been a dad for quite uh -huh. a long time, 
every father teaches me something and I really, really love to hear that perspective. And that's the reason why we do the Papahood podcast so that everybody gets to hear perspective of being dads. So Kim, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I'm going to let you sign off, Kim, if that's all right. Thank you, Steve. It's been a pleasure over here. Uh, my first time ever on a podcast. I've, I've been in, interviewed on many different forums for different things before, but it's first time I'm in college as a, as a dad. And why not? I, I mean, we, we, we owe it to ourselves, we owe it to the world, we owe it to our children. Absolutely. Uh, and sometimes we need to pat ourselves on the back as well, even though we suck at it and we fail every day. But that's what dads do. Yeah. We're supermen. We get up, put on our kit, and go at it again, right? The next day. Why not? Uh, Kim, thank you so much. Everybody, if you're listening in, remember Kim Noble. He is the principal of Turnbridge uh, High School here in Bangalore. Look him up on all the social media platforms. Is that right? You must be on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and no, not on Twitter, maybe LinkedIn. Is that right, uh, Kim? How do we find you? Uh, yes, uh, kind of everywhere. I, I pop up now and then and perhaps even in places that I don't want to be. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Social media these days, right? Well, Kim uh, and everybody else, thank you for tuning into today's podcast episode. It's an absolute pleasure to bring these podcasts to you. And uh, well, if you can see my face, I'm beaming right now. <laughs> I do. I love to do what I do. So um, make sure to look us up on uh, the different social media platforms Facebook, Instagram. Uh, LinkedIn, yep, those are the three that you'll find us there. Twitter as well, so you can find us either on on the handle under the handle Papa Hood Podcast or Stephen Brass uh, on any one of those. To all of you out there, thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you. Be safe and wherever you are, well, call Dad and tell him you love him. Even if you can't call him, just say it out loud. He'll hear. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Cheers. Catch you next time. Bye bye.